The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. How's it going and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed part one. Now it's time to hear part two of my conversation with Connor McCarthy. Enjoy. So... You mentioned there about how brain scans are obviously a big part of it, and yeah, you can understand why. <laughs> yeah. If you and as your neurologist said that it's all about kind of being quickest to react, the sharpest mind, as you said, would yeah, you absolutely. notice a difference in your reaction with your blood sugar being any higher? I don't think so because like. I, I'm just you're just adrenaline. That's the biggest thing I think you, that dictates it. Like adrenaline definitely changes your mind and how your reactions. But like, I just I don't think the sugars. I've never noticed a difference unless I'm low. I definitely notice a difference. But if I'm five or from ten or from twelve, I don't think there's any difference with my reactions there. Yeah, it's interesting to hear. It's fascinating because my bloods when I was playing football, I would notice them a lot higher on match days. Because it's a lot more intense and the adrenaline, as we've said, is kind of pumping. okay, yeah. But but it's obviously different for you, and that's that's what's such an interesting part of diabetes is the fact that everybody's gonna be so different. But obviously how you react to something like that can be so different to how somebody else reacts. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you have any pre fight rituals, Connor, that are um, that you feel bring you good luck? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a few tricks. So um, visualization is that's probably my number one from like the walkout to stepping into the cage to the warm up, everything. Just, you know, having it's like you've been there before, I suppose. So and that kind of ties in with meditation. Like I always just kind of lie down my floor, stretch out before the fight, you know, just relax and just try to clear my mind, be conscious of what thoughts are coming in. I just want to be calm, The be- like if i hate being rigid like when i was younger i'd be stepping into a ring i'd be like breaking it like i'd be shaking and all and <laughs> now i just want to be smiling i want to be nice and loose and because that's why i spar like you know i'm having fun in training and i want to adopt the same style to when i go to fight so just keep everything nice and relaxed and then i fight the best when i'm just nice and relaxed so was it something that you had to kind of learn how to do over the years to be relaxed and be calm before a fight compared to your earlier years definitely yeah so every fight i feel like i'm progressing like my mental game is getting better because sometimes like okay usually what got me is when i arrive to the venue i get like a spike i feel a butterflies in my stomach i'm full of nervous energy 
that hasn't happened the last two fights. So I think I've nipped that in the bud. That's one thing. <laughs> um, the real the reals meeting used to get me as well. So before the fight, they bring all the fighters, just look across your opponents over there. They run through the rails. They're like, okay, no biting, no way. <laughs> you <know? laughs> what you can and cannot do in the cage. And that used to get me because your opponent would be in the same room. He'd be like, oh, Jesus, you know. But I was grand for my last fight. I just felt so calm. So I feel like every fight, I'm actually, my mental game's kind of getting better. And I'm just cool. That's the best thing. Like, we're playing music in the house before, dancing and all, just having a laugh. Like, <laughs> I just love being calm, relaxed, like a normal training day. So you're just, yeah, you're relaxed and don't have the, the jitters or the, the massive pre-flight or pre-fight Absolutely. butterflies. Absolutely. You'll always be nervous when you're about to walk. Everyone's nervous. Any fighter says they're not is probably lying. Like that. Yeah. You'll always have that in your stomach, that anticipation. But it's right. When you get in there, it's like you've been there before, you know. It's like just training, I suppose. For anybody, Connor, who, who isn't too familiar with MMA, when you mentioned there about what you can do, what you can't do, what are the yeah. things that you can do? It's a pretty vicious sport, to say the least. Um, <laughs> okay, what are so, the things you can do? What are the things you can't? Okay, so um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of easy to list what you can't do because <laughs> what you can do is very, it's a very broad subject there. But what you can't do in amateur, I can't knee my opponent to the head. I can't elbow him to the head. They're just reels and pros. Obviously, MMA, you can't headbutt. You can't bite, you can't like scrape or anything. It's more like, you know, just boxing, kickboxing. Obviously, there is ground and pound. So if I take my opponent down, I can't posture up and land strikes. Um, I can't kick an opponent if he has one knee on the ground or if he has a hand on the ground and he's it's supporting his body weight. I can't kick him to the head because that's considered a down fighter. Um, and there's certain locks on the ground. I can't go for a knee bar which is like a move to break someone's knee. That's only professional. <laughs> I think there's certain types of ankle locks you can't do. I think they're called submissions. So when you're on the ground, like um, there's certain things you can't do. Well, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, so it's, pr- it's pretty much, you, you need to list the things you can't do rather than the things you can yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be here all day naming the moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to know, Connor, have you noticed any difference between the length of time it takes your body or like an injury or a cut to recover since you were diagnosed compared to when you didn't have diabetes? I personally haven't. And I was told this when I was in hospital, like, because they, I was like, I'm a fighter. They're like, okay, you might bleed more. Your bruises might take longer to recover. Um, but I honestly haven't done. Like, I think I recover the same. And I was actually with my nurse whenever it was, maybe two months ago. And I was asking this because like, I was like saying I feel the same and all. And she told me my sugars are actually really good that I shouldn't notice much of a difference. It's when your sugars are higher, your body's slower to mm. heal and all that. So I don't know if there's, uh, that's something you've heard as well. Yeah, so you're pretty confident that your management is obviously well looked after. So therefore, it's not really anything you need to be overly concerned about. Absolutely, yeah. I think I'm just really happy with my glucose control at the moment, so I don't really see much problems with any of that. In terms of your average day-to-day and not just the times when you're beating the head off people, <laughs> how do, you, do you notice a massive difference between your, say, a rest day in terms of your diabetes management compared to an intense training day? What would be different yeah, that you would do? 
definitely because sometimes if i have a rest day i might take the insulin my normal insulin and my normal insulin is uh, reduced a lot when i'm active like so and uh, i could just know if i do take that like reduced insulin i would um just have higher sugars i suppose and okay. um, i definitely notice when i'm training like my sugars they it's stabilized it's actually amazing the benefit i think exercise has on your blood sugar like even when i've got back into like coming up to my last i was training twice a day monday to friday nearly like 10 10 to over 10 times a week sometimes and mm. like my sugar control has never been better when i'm doing that intense training and my insulin read like i'm taking barely any insulin as well when i'm training that intense yeah, so I was I, say, just, you're probably taking no insulin at all with the, with the no, training that man. you're doing <laughs> yeah like at the stage they're like unless you're eating 40 carbs don't take any insulin i was like okay yeah. <laughs> you said earlier that you you kind of took a week off when you won your most recent fight yeah did you notice that you were taking a lot more insulin over that break period compared to the intensity leading up to the fight definitely yeah um I say twenty percent increase in my like long acting insulin, and then maybe like similar enough with my um, fast acting. But like when I train, I just take a fifty percent reduction in my fast acting, and that's kind of just like a, a like I always do. So I just don't take that reduction, and um, so I would be taking double the amount of insulin, I suppose. Yeah. And do you generally eat the same types of foods too on your kind of rest days compared to your training days? Uh, yeah, it would be the same. Now I, I ate like crap after my fight <laughs> for that week, man. Oh, like I was actually just trying on purpose to eat as bad as I could, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Because I like, obviously come to fights, it's very strict diets and there's no whatever. But like I was just getting all takeaways and all crap, and I suppose it actually made me not want to eat that anymore. It was like I was doing the extreme, just like I felt like crap and all. I was like chippers and all that, and now like I'm just back to my good diet. <laughs> it's like trying to like keep me away from it i just did the extreme i suppose just pressing that reset button yeah absolutely man <laughs> that's what it was like for me because i i had covid a couple of weeks ago now obviously i heard COVID, that actually yeah i seen your post yeah it was an intense couple of weeks now obviously covid in itself had a massive impact on my bloods but i felt that because obviously i had covid and i had to completely self-isolate i couldn't leave my house I obviously wasn't training and going to the gym and I really, really felt that the fact that I wasn't training at all probably had more of an impact on my insulin requirement compared to really, just, yeah. just, well, maybe it didn't, maybe I'm exaggerating slightly, <laughs> but I like for me to have that change in schedule from, you know, I'll always do something each day to then yeah, yeah. doing absolutely nothing that inevitably is going to have a massive impact on my insulin resistance oh, and, yeah. and how much insulin i require so i can only imagine the difference that you saw post fight <laughs> when you were eating all your takeaways Dude, and that yeah. kind of thing <laughs> you mentioned earlier connor that visualization is a big thing for you and yeah, absolutely you, you kind of lie on the ground and listen to music and <laughs> see yourself in the cage already but is visualization something that you do regularly something that you try to do almost on a daily basis to say this is what training is going to be like this is what my future is going to be like sometimes yeah for big events i think in my life it could be exams anything i would prepare myself for visualization even for my first driving lesson i was shitting it. it's not like i was visualizing and all like 
yeah, for anything I think I'm going to be out of my comfort zone, I would do a bit of visualization. And why do you uh, think that benefits you? Because when I'm in the moment, it's like I've already been here. Like when I'm in the cage, like, wow, I feel comfortable. Like I've visualized this like a hundred times in my head. So it's not the biggest shock when I'm there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's something that you hear a lot of people talk about. And it's almost as if the people that do it consistently kind of see the benefit from it. Because as you've just said yourself, you're comfortable in there and you feel as if you've already gone through this nerve wracking process to a certain extent. (laughs) I think it's a really powerful tool to have. I really do. I think it's worked loads for me. And is that something that you learned to do? Like, did somebody tell you to do that? Or was that something you just did almost naturally? Um, like, I've heard the powers of, like, meditation and all. And actually, I used to hear, like, when I was younger, McGregor would talk about he'd visualize all his fights and all. And I suppose I just tried it. Like, I heard a few people talk about it. And then I did it for one of my fights. And I felt so comfortable. So I've done it ever since, like, probably for the last two years, maybe three years. And you always visualize yourself winning the fights. <laughs> I would, yeah. I visualize cool. myself getting smacked around as well. You know, I have to have that too. But <laughs> I always visualize myself coming through. Yeah, definitely. So how much, Connor, do you feel in relation to fighting comes down to your mentality? Because obviously Man. there's a massive physical side to it. You have like you're in phenomenal shape as i said you can see that from from your instagram i wouldn't fancy getting into a cage with you to be honest and obviously the 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 intense consistent training but how much of it really comes down to your belief your confidence your mentality you having any doubts before getting into a cage i actually think it's just huge owen like you have to think like you're gonna go through your opponent like there's not a doubt like you know i am so capable of winning like if you're not like if you're afraid of your opponent like you're not going to perform the best you know you're going to be you're going to be timid you're not going to be aggressive like i think it's a huge aspect is the mental game and just preparing yourself and i think you give up if you are not like game like you give up like in training i did it for my last fight it being my coach gave me a good tip like tell yourself you're not tired like i say to myself i'm not tired like <laughs> i'm 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 grand like and my coach says if i do get tired it is a good sign because my opponent is feeling the exact same thing. Like if you've been honest with yourself training, you haven't taken any shortcuts. When you feel that bit of fatigue, your opponent's going to be the exact same. So who has that poker face to play it off? And like tell yourself, I can go all day. Like, so that's, I think that's a huge tool. And I did that in my last fight going into the second round. I was like, I'm not tired. I'm going to smoke, you know, just a little yeah. talking to myself. Like I'm going to smoke this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that confidence around your fighting. So how yeah, exactly yeah. did your most recent fight end? So I won by TKO in the second round. Um, I actually had a rough first round. Like I, I got in, I definitely think I won it. I was moving around, um, landing clean shots. Basically, I made a mistake. We clinched up and we got to the fence and he basically went for an arm lock and he fell on his back. I'm on top of him, but he's bending my elbow the opposite direction, which it should. You know, it's a hinge joint. You can like only like bend at 90 degrees. He was trying to go like 180. He was like bending it the other oh. direction. And I kind of rolled out. Like the commentator was like calling me Stretch Armstrong because like I was very <laughs> tight. Like it looked like my elbow should have been disconnected. But uh, I survived through it. I kind of like rolled over. The bell went. Then the second round came in. I fell flying. I was like, I'm grand. I'm going to smoke him. And I uh, stopped him two minutes into the second round. He kind of fell on the ground. I hopped up top of him, just postured up and land a few strikes and the ref had seen enough probably a few it was think we're on the ground for about 40 seconds 
the ref seen enough and just hopped in. So the ref obviously has to jump in to say, this lad can't do anything anymore. Uh, it's, yeah, it's when you're not defending yourself or you're damaged. So like it's okay. a TKO is a technical knockout because he wasn't defending himself. He was taking damage and the ref had seen enough. He gave him a warning before he kind of like clapped his hands and your man was doing a bit like he was trying to defend himself, but he just kind of postured up and landed two big or three big strikes and the ref like, yeah, it's enough. And it was euphoria then, was it? Yeah, I was buzzing. Did a little dance, and I everyone was watching on pay per view. They're dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever feel, Connor, like you or do you feel pain when you're in there? Because when you're explaining another essentially professional fighter trying to break your arm, in a sense, it sounds like a very painful experience. But do you feel that in the moment, or is it just something that you're um, going through? Adrenaline's crazy. Like, it blocks out a lot of pain. You'd actually be surprised. Like, uh, you do not feel much. You don't hit, feel shots to the head. or You know, the leg. When someone leg kicks it, you feel it. That is one thing I really think. You feel it. Like, this guy was throwing calf kicks. And your calf doesn't have much, like... Like, it's, it has a bit of muscle. But it, compared to your quad, which is where people usually tend to kick, um, it's pretty thin. So, he was landing him. And they're landing on my knee. And I was really feeling the the fight. I remember looking down. I was like, shit, I better end this quick. <laughs> um, but my arm didn't feel it. I actually, I don't know how, but didn't really feel it. I knew it was a very bad decision from doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I didn't feel like it was about to break. And I knew there was only 10 seconds. My coach was shouting, 10 seconds left. I was like, okay, it's not going to break it within 10 seconds. So it should be okay. And yeah, I was right. <laughs> he just doesn't, doesn't sound uh, too appealing to us normal folk, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. I'm, I love watching things like that, but... I think if I went in there, I'd just be killed in about two seconds flat. <laughs> it's actually really technical. Like even my mom was saying, I changed her mind completely on MMA. Not from what this fight, the fight before, because she thought it was like street fighting. You know, you just go and kick gloves up and ladder each other. Hmm. But uh, she actually got to see. So my last fight, I was fighting a really good grappler who's a um, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's just a ground fighter, and I'm like a striker. Uh, come from a stand-up background. So he was just trying to take me down the half fight and we were kind of like like a chess match, you know, he's trying to make a move, I'm trying to defend this move. It's back and forth against the cage, like trying to grapple. And like that completely changed my ma's perspective on MMA. She was like, wow, it actually is so technical. Like, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's absolutely. not just you know, trying to letter each other. Like it's a real skillful, technical sport. I think it's probably a sport that is very often misunderstood because the fact that you've kind of compared it to chess is exactly right. It's you make yeah. a move, he makes a move, you make a move, he makes a move. And I feel that if you you can't really appreciate it until you really understand it. Would that be fair Absolutely. to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I'm sure if you've ever watched UFC or any MMA, like when I watch my friends and it's up in the cage, everyone's like, Oh, it's so boring, they're just hugging each other. But like it's really like very technical they're waiting for one person to make a mistake and try advanced position or go for a certain move it's like sequences mm. and usually i know the sequence he's trying to do on me you know sequence i'm trying to do on him so it's like you know who's more game who is who's going to make that mistake first so do you think it comes down to a mistake absolutely he took me down took me down like one lovely one then one was kind of scramble i got back up but yeah i made a mistake i threw a knee to his body and my hips were up too high. He connected his hands and slammed me into the canvas, you know? So, like, just little mistakes. I should have had my hips back a bit, looked for a 
a different lock. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but I basically got the wrong grip on his um, body. I should have went for a different grip, and I made that mistake. He was able to take me down. Mm. Yeah, no, like I understand it to to a certain extent. I've never done jujitsu or anything like that, but my brother okay. has a black belt in karate, and he did jujitsu. Oh, really? For yeah, a few Sorry. years. Yeah, so he used to <laughs> he used to come home from jiu-jitsu training and be like oh and come here i learned a new grapple oh, you leave me alone and he just they just kind of twist you in yeah, a way that yeah. you didn't think your body could even move and then you'd just be yeah. completely out of it <laughs> yeah it is one of those sports i feel that you can really appreciate it more when you understand the technical side of it definitely just is a really cool sport like the people are really cool and it's a very like just try strangle each other. Then you'll just be chatting for the next 10 minutes on the mat and you'll go back rolling. You'll be in positions your body never thought should bend that way. But <laughs> it's crazy. Like it's, I know for anyone, I couldn't recommend Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like more than, than to anyone. It's a brilliant sport to do. After you were diagnosed, Connor, did or does everybody in your gym and everybody that you train with know that you're diabetic? My coaches did. They're the first people I told and I like my close partners I suppose when I got back I gradually told them but listen to this man this is really funny so I was telling one of my lads uh, one of my main partners in the gym on diabetics oh shit whatever then one of the other lads who one of the main partners for the last two years comes in as well and here's just talk my diabetes and looks at me and goes are you diabetic I go yeah I just got diagnosed with type 1 he's like I've been type 1 the last 15 years no I way. was like no way I'm <laughs> with this fella heavy for the last two years like i mean he's a goer like we'd be punching the head off each other and all like he's a goer and i had no idea he was diabetic like i couldn't believe it like i was actually in disbelief so did that then almost give you more reassurance knowing that this thing isn't gonna stop me absolutely but like i was already full swing at this stage i wish i knew he's diabetic when i got diagnosed but i was like full swing in this you know i'm already two months for intense training like at this stage mm-hmm. but it was just yeah like you said more reinsurance like this thing is nothing <laughs> there's actually another funny story told me like we're just talking about diabetes and all after training and it was like a year and a half ago i was having a hypo when we were sparring so i was sparring him and he didn't tell me like i didn't even know he's diabetic he 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 wouldn't stop training so he felt the hypo coming he was getting a bit blurry and all and he wanted to finish the round out like we probably have a minute left in the round and he said I was boxing the head off him for that last minute. And he didn't tell me. He didn't stop. Like, And he actually had a hypo during sparring. I thought that was one of the craziest stories I've heard. Oh, that's man. just lunacy. Oh, he's a nut job. <laughs> he's a real And that's coward. the thing. When you're having a hypo, it's almost like your entire world is caving in. You know? Oh, so the thought of then trying to still fight somebody sounds extremely difficult crazy man like geez fair play to him. <laughs> that's i was like man you have balls <laughs> and have you then sparred you've obviously sparred with him since Today, he found yeah, out that you're yeah. diabetic absolutely like we you would have been my main like we would have sparred a lot like we would have sparred a lot like we're sparring today and it's cool like i actually love having another diabetic in the club is there any difference between well i'm assuming that there is but how would he prepare for training on a fight compared to how you would would there be any massive changes or differences more or less same like his like i just asked him because i always have my sugar on the bench and all but he usually keeps in his gear bag in the change room and i was like oh do you not need your sugar like because i top up through training sometimes you know um but he's like no i just get my blood just a bit over 10 or just around 10 and that does me for an hour and a half 
like he he's very he's been 15 years diabetic so he knows his stuff i think uh i hope <laughs> but, yeah so he just says 10 does him like he can train for an hour and a half and when his bloods are 10 never runs into problems yeah that's amazing it's interesting to hear that he just kind of sprung <laughs> out of the woodwork when, when you were talking Crazy. about it does he have the same opinion then on not wearing a cgm when it comes to fighting yeah he doesn't wear a cgm i think he does the same thing as i do like for taking a week off he could get one you know but uh yeah he doesn't wear one like i would have known he was diabetic then if he actually had a cgm mm. um and we were training for like this probably it's probably a month into the club training hard or two months and <laughs> i only was telling one of the other lads i was diabetic and he just came in like it was just madness like, I was already yeah. training with him since I was diabetic. He was diabetic. We just didn't know. He kept it a secret <laughs> long enough, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I have one more question for you, Connor, before we finish up. Absolutely. And I know you know what's coming because I know you've listened to a few episodes of the podcast <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. in advance. It may be a tricky one for you to answer because okay. you're not even a full year diagnosed yet. But if you had the opportunity to thank diabetes for something, what would that be? Oh, uh, I think my diet, man. I think it's really reinforced healthy habits. And maybe like from eating, getting better choices, and maybe not drinking as much, or I don't know, just like having even fitness. Like when I got, first got diagnosed, I just walked the whole time. And like just being more active, having better choices in my diet, I think that's really got reinforced by diabetes. And discipline, I suppose. Maybe there are two things I think I could thank diabetes for. Yeah, I love it. I feel the same way. It, it creates a lot of routine. You need to stay disciplined. And yeah. it can certainly, in a strange sort of way, create a heightened awareness for just keeping a closer eye on your health. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like I'm way more in shame with my body now. Even like appreciate that as well, I suppose. So what's in store for you next? When's the next fight? Six weeks. <laughs> I got matched oh, see, up within that's a week. Soon. Yeah, man, and it's actually for a title. I'm fighting for the Cage Alexia May uh, welterweight title. It is. It's probably like one of the biggest promotions in the Republic. So it'll be sick to have the belt. Like, um, unreal. Is it going to be on TV or is there anywhere we can see yeah. it? Yeah, it is absolutely. There'll be a pay per view link in my bio. It's in Ashburn in the Pila Hotel, and you can go. But there's going to be like anyone can watch it. Like a few friends in Canada and all. Hey, I'll watch the last ones. Um, yeah, you can watch it anywhere. I'll definitely be watching that. I'll be chatting to you in advance <laughs> anyway to get the, the details off you. It'll be on my Instagram bio in the link. So I was going to say, where can people connect with you, find out more about you? Um, on Instagram, Connor McCarty 88 I have, I'll have the link in my bio probably within the next, probably two weeks before the fight, the pay-per-view link will be out. Lovely. You'll have loads of diabetics all around the world watching <laughs> you, Connor. <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> I'll represent us, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, Connor, look, I really appreciate your time. It's been fascinating to hear how you stay consistently beating people up while managing your blood sugar. And best of luck in the future. I'm, I'm expecting Absolutely, big things. Alan. Thanks. It's been a pleasure, man. How good was that? What an incredible way to look at your diabetes and what an incredible way, way to deal with it so soon after being diagnosed like even speaking to connor throughout that whole episode i almost found it hard to believe that he was diagnosed less than a year ago because he already is so confident and so comfortable with his management and 
the fact that he's he's going into a cage beating people up for fun <laughs> certainly shows how well managed things are for him so far. So hats off to Connor again. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of value from hearing about that, particularly just down to the fact that he is so new to it and he's still doing so much despite his diagnosis. And it's funny because I was chatting to Connor for a while after we we actually finished recording and he was telling me what he fa- what he failed to put in the episode itself was the fact that he did a full marathon 3 months before he was diagnosed and he did a half marathon only 10 days before he was diagnosed and i don't know about you but 10 days leading up to my diagnosis i felt horrendous and the thought of even going out for a walk would kill you let alone doing a half marathon so connor is an absolute machine and another thing that jumped out before I let you go is the fact that he really emphasized how much easier dealing with the initial diagnosis was made for him due to the fact that he had a close friend that was diabetic. Now, you might not have somebody who is a close friend of yours that is already diabetic, but it just goes to show you how much of an impact connecting with other diabetics can have on your own management. So. If you are newly diagnosed or if you've had diabetes for 5 or 10 or 15 years and you feel as if you could benefit from connecting with another diabetic, don't be afraid to do that. There's a lot of really, really nice diabetics out there that if you send them a message, if you reach out to them, they'll be happy to help, happy to give any sort of insight or experience into how they manage so that it might help you too. As always... Appreciate your time. Appreciate your ears. We always love knowing the listeners' numbers are going up. You're tuning in each week. Keeps us going with the podcast and we love to see it. If you have any questions, any experience you'd like to share, any stories you'd like to share with myself and Graham, do not hesitate to reach out. You know the email at this stage. We say it every episode. Theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. Don't be shy. We love getting the emails in. Until then, have a good day. Have a good week. Look after those blood sugars. And we'll chat to you soon.